coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Let's sing it all together this time. E3's future is in question. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including the fate of E3 and Take-Two acquiring Zenga. And then on Thursday, we are predicting the new twist in Mario Kart 9. But Mark, in the meantime, how are you doing? Patrick, I am doing so good. I am basking in the glory yes. of your taco hat. Oh, thank you. I have a, I have a hat that is like a light blue, like a baby blue almost, and it's got a little taco on the front of it. Um, I mean, we're saying hat, but it's like a baseball cap. Right. Yeah. Um, Although, look, go ahead. I just had a brilliant idea, and this is not to denigrate the baseball cap at all. Yeah. But what if it was like a beanie? <laughs> What if it was a beanie with a taco on it? A beanie with a taco on it's pretty good. I mean, the the baseball hat with a with a taco on it is also good. I feel like that it's so close to being because the taco does it, there's no like language on it. It's not a no. branded taco. No, um, I feel like it's so close to being the logoless hat uh, that like the Avengers wear when they go undercover. That like <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I do. Yeah. <laughs> um, that like. It's got like that level of mystique to it. Too. I, oh my gosh! I bet when you're wearing it, you look so mysterious. I, Mark, you know that I do. And well, also, you yeah. know, uh, we were saying, what if it was a beanie with a taco? But really, it could be an entire clothing line. Everything you wear could have a taco on it. Potentially, could have that taco on it. Yes. Hmm. Am I ready for an all taco ensemble? It would be like when, like Steve Jobs' outfit, right? Right. Rest but, of course. I mean, of course. Of course. But you would wake up in the morning, you would open your closet. Right. And, and you would just, just be like, be what? Taco? Hanger upon hanger. Embroidered. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. Um, it, do you think he hung up those turtlenecks or are they folded up in a, in a drawer? Oh, I'm pretty sure his, like, servant hung it up. <laughs> I have a feeling Steve Jobs wasn't doing a lot of laundry for himself. Which begs the question of, like, why does why does he have to enforce this wardrobe thing if he just pays someone to, like, make the decision for him? Yeah, and well, and maybe, I mean, maybe he didn't even launder them. Maybe he just, like, threw them away, let his dogs play with them. I don't know the Steve Jobs. Allegedly, I don't know if Steve Jobs had dogs. <laughs> uh, I always think of, there's a scene in the uh, first episode of Mad Men when uh, Don Draper has been out all night, like, you know, with his uh, woman in the city. Um, and comes into the office, and he just pulls a, a fresh shirt out of like his bottom desk drawer and puts it on, and like th- it's that same like disposable like look. He needs he needs a clean shirt, which means he needs a new shirt. <laughs> um, and man, I just think that's so cool. And I wonder if Steve Jobs did that with turtlenecks, just like in his desk at work. Yeah, mm-hmm. but probably in his servant's desk at work. Um, Mark, speaking of things you can just keep in your desk at work, my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. Would you like to borrow it? Someday I'm going to get back around to mailing it out for people to uh, play in their homes. You can uh, you can borrow it. All you got to do is get on the list and email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com and give us a mailing address where we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces. And please make sure that, that it is a, a, an address that the other people who live at the address won't mind you giving away to some weird podcast, right? Like that's we're not going to send any weird stuff, just Sonic Forces or a copy of Untitled Goose Game in a Sonic Forces box, which I will admit is a little strange. It's a little odd. Another thing you can do is you can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or you can do it on Spotify. And folks, I have to tell you that last week we put out the call for Spotify reviews. It's yep. a new thing for Spotify. Mm-hmm. And the fans of Nintendo Cartridge Society, the listeners, I shouldn't, I don't want to say everybody's a fan. I'm just going to say the listeners of Nintendo Cartridge Society on podcast. On Spotify. Delivered. Yeah. You guys well, came through. I'm going to go ahead and say the listeners and the fans delivered. Because uh, we, we've we've got 
uh, at the point of this recording, 35 reviews yes. uh, on, on uh, Spotify, and we are grateful to everyone who has done that. Here's the thing. We cannot shout you out. I know. Oh, this is devastating. Yes. Okay. We're all learning here. Right. And I do not subscribe to Spotify, but my husband does, and so I asked him to do a little bit of uh, research this morning to see if we could shout out the people who left us a review. And unfortunately, we can't. Spotify, because there's no, like, written portion, it is just leaving, like, a star review. Yeah. And so we can't see who reviewed us So on I Spotify. Th- I think it's possible that the owner of the podcast can see the usernames that review. But for the purposes of our, like, production pipeline, we are not... We don't manage the feeds. We send them over to Campfire Media, and they upload right. them. Um, so, again, we just don't have access to that yeah, information. So, We're learning. So, one, again, thank you so much to yes. everybody who has left us a review on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, where legitimately wherever you get your podcast, We appreciate it so much. The second part of this is that we're sorry that we can't give you a shout-out, If but we would still love to give you a shout-out. Yeah. So, hit us up on Twitter. Send us an email. Let us know that you reviewed us on Spotify, on anywhere, and we will give you a shout out because we love to. We still are checking the US Apple Podcast Store. We got some new reviews there. So thank you to. I mean, it's not, we didn't get 35 new reviews <laughs> there, but. <laughs> thank you to PJD82 and Tracy for the iTunes reviews. Thank yeah. you so much. We appreciate every single one of those. We appreciate it uh, wh- wherever and whenever you interact with um, the podcast. Uh, we just love it. It, warm, it warms our hearts uh, and makes the podcast easier for other people to discover. Uh, so we appreciate it. All right, Mark, let's get into what we've been playing this week. Does any video game podcast have an elegant uh, like name for the segment? Because we all have it, right? Right. Uh, and it's it's usually just like, what what have we been playing mm-hmm. right i mean i'm i'm open <laughs> yeah. to other ideas so if uh, anybody has them this is just so like to the point and it's just like <laughs> you know what i mean like it's well, just, maybe that's it's, a maybe virtue. what it should be called like new releases like it's you know it's yeah. just what it should be called mark what have you been playing this week i have been playing paper mario mm-hmm. on the nintendo 64 switch online still really i've been alternating my time between paper mario uh, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword and a little bit of Animal Crossing. I truthfully like got a little bit burned out on Animal Crossing having when, while I was trying to um, unlock Happy Home Paradise. Which again, just uh, PSA for anyone that is tr- also trying to do that, just make sure you've downloaded yeah, Happy download Home Paradise. Yeah, just download it from the, uh, from the it. eShop. That's yeah. an important first step. Yeah. Uh, and so I've been into it but I haven't been playing that much. Sure. But um, but Paper Mario, I have been playing a lot of. I am still really enjoying this game. I am not really doing many of the side quests. I've got I got caught up in this like letter exchange oh, side yes, quest yes. thing. Mm-hmm. That's or and also um, there's like an older Koopa in Koopa Village who is like he's asking sends you, you for on favors. these little tasks. And the, the first couple of them are, like, right there in the village, and you can knock them out right away. But then they start to get more extensive. You have to go further away to come back to yeah, them. Yeah. So I've, I've kind of put those aside um, because I was getting a little bored with, like, the backtracking. Even though the world isn't that big, and when you – there's, like, a sewer that you can go into, and as you progress in the sewer – or as you progress through the game and you get, like, different weapons, you can open up different parts of the sewer. And so you can fast travel to the areas you've been to before. But uh, I – I get spoilers for Paper Mario, but I am um, on like Yoshi Island right now, mm-hmm. and I just got sushi, and so I think I'm that's I'm on the fifth of eight like stars. Are there eight or are there seven? Maybe there's seven. So I'm on like I'm on the fifth mm-hmm. um, of those like shines or whatever they're called. Um, I am on the fourth, so I'm I'm in the the shy guy toy box, um, which I'm. I remember, like, once I started, like, getting in there, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. 
area and i remember not really liking it because it keeps sending you back out to like the yeah. toad village to like give back the things that the shy guys have stolen which then you know I- increases your ability to like explore that space and then there's like the train thing where like uh there, it's uh, like a hub uh, around which there are like four little mini levels to explore um and i don't know the whole thing just uh felt a little like overwhelming to me in a way that like the rest of the game is so linear um that I was like, nah, I don't really want to put the thought into figuring this out. Yeah, I... Um, I will, I just... Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. I I think, like, the game is on such, like, a upward trajectory through that point, like, up yes. to that point. You know, like, you're going through the woods, you have, like, the spooky house, like, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Tubba, flubba, like, really fun. And then this one is a little bit of a bummer because it... You, you're already, like I was saying, like doing some of these side quests, you're, you're already doing a lot of like backtracking and just like yeah. moving back and forth. And you can like do this like spin that makes you move faster. But, but when you get to the end of the spin, you sort of like stop and you can kind of cancel out of it by jumping. So I do a lot of like spin, jump, spin, <laughs> jump. But it's a weird way to traverse the world. It, it, is, it, it, it feels like when you're trying to go just a tiny bit faster in Ocarina of Time, so you're rolling everywhere. Um, or like uh, you do the Z targeting so you can just like backwards hop uh-huh. away somewhere. Um, which just feels silly. It just, that's, yeah, it, it feels silly. Yeah, but I, I am enjoying it, but I agree that like it kind of lost a little bit of momentum in the Shy Guy toy box. And um, and so I was feeling that when I was going into, like, Yoshi Island. Because yeah. one of the first things you have to do, uh, again, spoilers, for one of the first things you have to do, I mean, mostly for you, Patrick, because you are about to hit this. But, like, one of the first things you have to do is, like, there's these Yoshi kids, and they all go missing, and you have to, like, you have to go track them down. There's sure. five of them. Right. And it just felt, like, a little bit tedious. All of that said... Still really enjoying the game. Just yeah. feel like I've hit a little bit of like a, a rough patch with it. Let me ask you this, Patrick. Th- are You're also playing it. So the way the, the leveling system works is every time you get like 100 star points, you are able to choose one of three options. You either get five hit points or health HP. Yeah. You get um, five flower points, which is like how you use special abilities. FP. And, and uh, badge points, which is how you equip... BP. <laughs> yes, which is how you equip um, these different like boosts and power-ups and all that kind of stuff, these yeah. badges that you collect yeah. throughout the game. Do you have like a strategy? Do you do it? Or have you been lovely enough evenly? Have you been focusing on one area more than the other? Uh, my flower points are too low. Uh, uh, I, I, had, I have been sinking too many uh, points into HP and BP because um, I like having the ability to like be flexible with the the badge points but i have both the uh, hp boost and the fp boost badges on which eats up like six of those things it is as though i didn't level it up mm-hmm. for, for those levels um so uh yeah i uh i don't have a strategy or i did have a strategy and it was bad and i wish i had more flower points what about you uh so i yeah i kind of did the I flipped f- your health points for flower points. So I put most of mine into flower points. So I, I'm at something like 30 flower points, 15 badge points, and I just barely leveled up to 20 HP oh, because okay. I was kind of getting to the point where I was like, ooh, some of these enemies can do like 12, you well, know, like. But those, that's, those are attacks that you shouldn't be taking. Those are attacks that you should be invisible for. Oh, by using um, Lady Bow. Yes. To like hide yourself. But I I do not like her attacks. And so I haven't been using she her. She can as... deal five points of damage when you <laughs> level only her to up. one only to one yeah. Uh, yeah. enemy. True. So when there's like five enemies on the screen. But five is so much, and leave the multiple hits to Mario. He's got that like jumping on a successive bad guys. Well, thing. different strategies, <laughs> clearly. Who who is your your favorite of the companion uh, characters? And at this point, I am not I, I am not interested in their abilities. I'm talking about it on a purely aesthetic. Oh, purely level. like oh, um, I like. Oh man, I I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his name, but it's the the Koopa one. Yeah, he's the best. His name is Cooper. Yeah, Cooper. Um, yeah, he's the best because he's like a little blue Koopa who's just got a a little red bandana. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he's the best. I also think that uh, they knocked it out of the park with the first one you meet. Goombario is Goombario's great. great. Uh, he's, uh, he's got a little hat, and the way he walks and sort of like has to chomp as he walks because, you know, Goombas are cursed with this strange body where, like, their mouth is also their legs. And it's like, what is happening? Yeah, God vomited, and there was a go- And there, there was a little Goomba. Um, but, yeah, he's adorable, and he's wearing a hat, and he's got these big old chompers. Um, I think he's great. I have also been playing Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. I just got, again, spoilers for Skyward Sword. I just got to the part where I opened the the Gate of Time. Yeah. Uh, We mentioned the Gate of Time uh, last week uh, when we were talking about possible connections between Skyward Sword and Breath of the Wild 2, which seems to have some sort of like time wonkiness in it. Is this the part? Am I about to reach the part where you were like, oh, this is dragging a little bit? Or have I past that part or is it just kind of like from here until the end um what uh have have you started learning songs if i start oh no not i don't not wait what do you mean i mean there are uh there are little pieces of music that you learn uh on on the harp different from just like the ones just from like the yeah where you like press a and then strum like I ones mean, where you have to be like specific, because that's throughout the entire game. Yeah. Well. Yeah. No. That's that that that's true. Uh, no. There there is there is a part of that of that quest where, uh, like, there's once you have done all, you do all three like biomes, right? And then you do all three biomes a second time uh-huh. in like a different order. Yeah. Um. And after that is when uh the game is like uh now keep going for kind of a while. Oh, okay. Here. So here here is where. It's amazing that I did this like two weeks ago. I'm already <laughs> forgetting. But. Here's what I just did is um, I had to learn on the on my Skybird this new like corkscrew attack. Yes. So that way I can go into the thunder place and um, defeat some sort of like eye dragon or something. Yes. And I just couldn't psych myself up to like actually do the eye dragon. Yeah. And so I, I kind of left it at that for now. Um. That's super fun, and I really like fighting that thing. Um, and what it reveals, like what you deal with after that, is also super fun. Oh, okay, cool. So, um, but yeah, I think you you are approaching the thing that I was referring to, where it's like, oh yeah, this it just kind of like drags itself yeah. out for a, a, a little too long. Um, so, Godspeed in that. I, I uh, what is it with uh, Zelda games? And because the whole thing right now is I have to collect yes. Triforce pieces. Yeah. Right. I have to collect the Triforce before I, assuming I can do the last thing. And what is it about Zelda games and having like this Triforce quest that just really like pads yeah. out the experience? I don't know. Well, because like I, I get it as because this is, you know, famously a part of um, Wind Waker where the end of the game is really sort of uh, bogged down by a quest where you have to like just sail all over the world and find these uh, different pieces of, of the uh, of the Triforce or find maps to then also uh, in the original release it took forever um, and like I get the idea that there's something really attractive about like okay you've been all over this world you understand it now um, you are comfortable exploring it now let's put those exploration skills to the test um, and you know send you back around all those spaces so like I, I get I get that, and there is something attractive about that. Um, I just wish it didn't like take so long or feel so. It doesn't feel new at that point. It it it's like the fun of exploration is gone. It's just the test of exploration at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. I, I am actually surprised at how much I am enjoying Skyward Sword. Yeah, I really, really do love it, though. Yeah, I, I it's, think it's the complete package. It, yeah, it's 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 a great game. Um, uh, a listener, um, Omni Jake, uh, tweeted at, uh, at at me uh, to congratulate me on the completing Skyward Sword. Um, thank you, Omni Jake. Um, and uh, he he had mentioned that um, it was a bummer that there's no left-handed control scheme um, in the motion controls for Skyward Sword, which is not something that I had considered. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, but like, it definitely should be in there, right? Uh, especially, like, I can see why it wasn't in the initial release, right? Because the um, Wii Motion Plus was only in the the Wii Remote and not in the Nunchuck, right? But couldn't you just couldn't hold you just switch Wii? hands? Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but I uh, the you know in the modern uh, modern control scheme, um, the Joy Cons have the same motion sensing right. capability, so it sh- yeah, it shouldn't matter. 
well observed, Omni Jake. Uh, uh, all right, Mark, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. We mentioned it last week that uh, Picross S7 we thought was going to be released. It was not. But yesterday, Picross S7 was finally released in the U.S. And actually, now that I'm saying that out loud, we did say we did say yeah, we, said, we did say January, we said January 10th. 10th. We yeah. are preemptively putting it in there because this episode doesn't release until Tuesday, which is always how the release calendar works. But nothing comes out on Mondays, <laughs> right? On, on the eShop, so yeah, that's uh, right. That's why we usually aren't talking about it. What's the deal with Picross S? Why is it that we don't know exactly when it's coming out and then it comes out on a Monday? Yeah, what is that? I don't know. All right. Um, there was nothing real else in the new releases that I wanted to specifically shout out. Patrick, was there anything in there? No. For you? Okay. So one thing I did want to talk about is that the North, North American eShop is having a New Year's sale until uh, January 16th. And there's some pretty good deals in there. I actually ended up picking up um, the Great Ace Attorney Chronicles finally because it's $10 off. It's $29.99 right now. Uh, yeah, so I, I am, I have not picked anything up on the sale yet. Um, looking at this sale, like most, uh, times Nintendo first party stuff goes on sale. I'm like, oh man, I bought all these <laughs> games already. Um, but, uh, I just want to shout out that Shimigami Tensei 5 is uh, $42 down from 60. Um, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is the same. Um, that is one that, uh, you know, I, I have Tropical Freeze on, my Wii U, but I've always wanted to play it on Switch. Um, what else is on here? Dragon Quest Builders 2 is down to $34.99 from $50. Uh, that's one that, remember, I played a lot of the Jumbo Demo uh, back in the day and was like, I should I should get this full game, um, but didn't because it was $50. Yeah. Um, and now may be the time to pull the trigger on that. The other one I'll shout out is uh, Katamari Damacy Reroll, which is normally thirty bucks. It goes on sale pretty often, and it's seven fifty right now. I I had not played this game on PlayStation. It wasn't until it was released on Switch that I experienced it. But absolutely love this game. Yeah, seven fifty is a, a good price for just about any game, really. Um, what else is on here that's like really, really good and undeniable? I got nothing. Uh, yeah. I mean, box boy, box girl, great. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's you know normally ten dollars is down to seven. Like that's good, but like Tetris, Tetris Effect Connected, Tetris Effect Connected. That's a great game. It's a twenty twenty six seventy nine down from forty. An untitled goose game is ten bucks, but why waste your money when you can just maybe possibly accidentally borrow it from the Sonic Forces borrowing program? Uh, and also, uh, untitled goose game frequently gets knocked down to like ten bucks. So, um, but yeah. It's a good deal. All right, Mark. Uh, let's get out of the new releases. How, do, how does this segment? How does this transition work? <laughs> um, let's get out of the new releases. Yeah, sounds great. And now it's time for a regular segment on our show. It is time for four thirty-three. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, wherein a performer or a group of performers did not play their instruments for 4 minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the duration of one performance, 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. <clears throat> of the piece. <laughs> thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, the prompt today is, you're going to the bakery. What are you picking up? So first, yes, I'd love to know the genesis of this question. So I, uh, we, Sarah and I, this weekend made some garlic confit, which is like a, a, a like oily spreadable garlic thing. Um, and you basically just like melt, like you just like bake garlic until it, it's ooze, right? I mean, we did it in uh, in like a saucepan on the stovetop oh, okay. with like oil and like bay leaves and rosemary and stuff. Um, and so it, it is this, like, you know, really appealing garlicky paste. But, like, you, you can't just, like, eat <laughs> – you can't just eat it. You got to, uh, like, spread it on something. So I was uh, I was given the task today to go to the bakery, my local bakery called the Village Bakery, um, to get a loaf of bread so that we – you know, like a fresh baked bread. Sounds um, like the start of, like, a fairy tale. Or, or Les Mis, right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't steal it, but I did show up too late, and they were out of bread. Um, so, uh, but normally, Mark, when you go to a bakery, right? When you're like, I'm going to treat myself, go into the bakery. What are you picking up when you go? 
Do you have uh, like a go-to bakery? There are two things yeah. that are on my mind when I'm uh, at a bakery. A muffin, a good muffin. Yeah. Whether it be lemon poppy seed, Ooh. whether it be blueberry. I'm a big blueberry muffin fan. Or I got croissants on my mind. Croissants? Look, man, there are very few scenarios where you like encounter a croissant where like it's a croissant. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where like it's going to be good. Uh, but if you're going to a bakery, if you're going to a bakery, they're gonna have them, and they're gonna be good. They're gonna be very good. Uh, so those those are my those are my go tos. Th those are those are good calls. Do you have go to bakeries? Not. You haven't been in your in your current place too long. No, not really. That's um, that's something we should we should really figure out. We haven't prioritized right uh, hunting down good bakeries. Uh, and you know, tough now, just in the, the the world, the way it is to like find a, a new bakery or try going into places. We've got a couple bakeries near us that like we've got Proof Bakery, um, which is uh, cool, but like almost a little too cool. Like it's it is a hip bakery, um, the Village Bakery, which I like a lot. And then there is also um, just what I needed over in Frogtown here, which is a vegan bakery. Um, and so I. I like going there and getting like quiches and stuff where it's like they're good at uh, like faking um, all the stuff that you need to fake to bake vegan stuff. Oh. Um, but uh, croissant, a great go-to. Uh, I got to say, if I'm going to a bakery, I'm going to have a cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. uh, I am a coffee addict. I have to have it like every day or like I am upset, get a headache. Um, but uh, – when I drink coffee at home, it's it's utilitarian, right? Right. Like yeah. I'm, I'm just maintaining the machine. <laughs> um, no, you don't enjoy it. No, You're I, sucking I do. It down. I do You're enjoy it. I do enjoy it. Um, but it's not trying to make it special. through another day. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like I I will take the opportunity to like have a nice bakery cup of coffee and like savor it. Yeah, really savor it. What about um you so your 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 muffin go tos you said poppy seed uh huh was that it lemon poppy seed well I would say probably I love lemon poppy seed mm -hmm. my go to is probably blueberry because those are for whatever reason are usually more available mm -hmm. I will tell you I don't like chocolate ch chocolate muffins chocolate bread not yeah. my thing chocolate yeah a chocolate muffin sounds like it should be good. And in fact, maybe it is, but you just have to like calibrate your mind for cake. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, so chocolate for breakfast, I can't do because mm. when I was in high school, in There's there an was origin story a, here. Yeah. There was a girl who would sit, who sat in front of me in one of my like first classes. And I just remember being, every day she had a chocolate muffin. I just remember being like so tired. <laughs> I just remember being so tired and having like the smell of that like chocolate muffin. Right. It is forever put me off chocolate for breakfast wow yeah uh, that that's... i can't do it what what about like a uh uh pan au chocolat a uh, like a chocolate croissant no no, no? i don't i, I really don't want I, it. I like a chocolate croissant i don't want it um, what about cocoa puffs oh well i guess uh, we'll we, never we know we'll never know about cocoa puffs we were accompanied today by pianist kyle shaw all right mark let's get into the news <laughs> This week is AGDQ 2022. Awesome games done quick. That's right. It's the speedrunning marathon that uh, raises money for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. It goes through, I think it started on Sunday or maybe Monday, but goes through Saturday night Pacific time. Some runs I'm looking forward to. Yesterday, there was a Metroid Prime Hunters run. Ooh. Which uh, was I was watching the replay of it today. I had it on in the background, which was fun because I realized that I don't really know Metroid Prime Hunters. It's a little, it's kind of like Doom a little bit, or like uh, Quake. Yeah, I mean, just because of you know the hardware that it's on, it has to be like a pretty simple version of of Metroid Prime, and it remains one of the more like remarkable tech demos on the original DS. Um, and yeah, I I always think about like. I've got like a I've I've played Hunters but not all the way through. Um, I maybe played like three online matches and then was like forget this. Um, but yeah, like Hunters, uh, Federation Forces on on the 3DS and Prime Pinball are all games that like I wish I could like go back and give an honest try to. Yeah, and I guess we could on the show. You know, like we could do that. We could arrange that. 
Uh, so that that was a fun one. Um, today, there's a Final Fantasy 13 run that I'm interested in. Dead Rising, which seems like a fun game to see uh, speed run, sped run. Well, especially because there's so much of it that is like dependent on the in-game clock. Right, exactly. Hmm. And then Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem, which is another like Nintendo game that I'm not familiar with at all. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. On Wednesday, Diddy Kong Racing, Splatoon 2, and a 3DS Zelda. They're doing like a auction, basically, like a competition to choose between whether they're going to play Ocarina of Time or Majora's Mask. Do you know what the uh, what the Splatoon 2, are they doing just the They're the doing the story, yeah, okay, the campaign. Cool. Yep. And then uh, there's like a, a cluster of Castlevania games on Thursday. On uh, Friday, Stardew Valley, Super Mario 3D Land, and Wario Land Shake It are being played. And then on Saturday, Fallout New Vegas and Legend of Zelda Link to the Past. There are It goes 24 hours a day for the entire week. So there are so many runs that I didn't call out here. Check out the schedule at uh, gamesdonequick.com. I always think it's a lot of fun. Um, I didn't realize there was a Wario Land Shake It run on here. I am definitely going to check that out. I love that game. I feel like it doesn't get enough uh, sort of like attention or like people focusing on how to the deep dive into it. Uh, so I'll, I'll check that one out for sure. So th- this next bit, not strictly Nintendo, but yesterday Take-Two Interactive announced they're acquiring Zanga, um, which I'm assuming is the genesis for Sheldon's famous catchphrase. Buzzing for, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. For uh, $12.7 billion, which, wow, that is that is a lot of money. Yeah, well, and just to put uh, the sort of like players here into um, – you know, to get some context here, Take Two is um, who is Take Two? Take Two does uh, they do? They have like two K games, right? Yeah. Exactly. So they have uh, Rockstar, mm-hmm. and then they also have two uh, K games for like two K two K sports franchises, right? So, um, so they have like Bioshock. Like mm-hmm. they're they're large. They're they're large, and it's a lot of like big mainstream games that are um, that sort of like transcend the like sort of like niche gamer like identity um earlier we were talking about uh listeners versus fans i feel like this uh you know it goes from like game fans to just like people who play games yeah totally they're also kind of like the last of the uh big like north american publishers who don't own the a mobile unit like you know ea bought popcap um uh, Activision Blizzard King bought King, mm-hmm. and now which is Candy Crush and like those kind of right games, yeah. exactly. So now Take Two is um, purchasing Zynga, um, and Zynga is almost even like the I know you just said King, so this is confusing. But Zynga is like the the king of like the hyper casual game. Like they're they're Farmville. Yeah, they've been the around they're, they're forever. W- yeah, they're words with friends mm-hmm. like. Um, the the kind of games that like everyone is just like playing quietly in the background, um, so yeah, twelve point four billion dollars. Yeah, c- compare that to yeah twelve point seven. Compare that to oh, so yeah, Microsoft sorry. just bought Bethesda not that long ago for seven point five billion. Um, but you know, I mean, there's no real mystery as to why Take Two bought them. It's one for of course their like large library of existing mobile games. To their expertise in these free-to-play mobile games, which are, you know, a successful one is a money machine. And uh, Take-Two has tons of franchises that, you know, they could sure. parlay into mobile titles. Plus, they have tons of, like, franchises that I'm sure they will leverage Zynga's expertise in free-to-play on, you know, like, their console games. So, uh, but the the consolidation in the industry continues to bum me out. Yeah, I mean, even if it's one giant swallowing another giant, like it just means that we have now mega giants. Um, so yeah, that 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 is a a, a little a little upsetting. Nintendo dropped an English language trailer for the new Pokemon game, which uh, seems to be a cut down version of the six minute Japanese trailer released last week for Pokemon Legends Arceus. <laughs> yes, that's right. So one of the 
I don't know if it's a revelation, but just we've been saying Arceus on, on this show. Um, but the narration at the end of this video uh, definitely said Arceus with the hard C, like K sound, Arceus, and not Arceus. Um, a couple things uh, from this trailer that I just wanted to shout out that seemed notable to me. I don't know if these are uh, things that like the gaming community at large has been aware of or what. Um, but fun little discussion points nonetheless. Uh, the narration mentions uh, fierce battles can happen at any time, which feels to me like there is no distinction between like the tall grass and not in the tall grass, which has always been sort of a Pokemon staple. If you don't want to encounter um, enemy Pokemon, you just stay on the path. Um, not true in this game. There's a point where a, a trainer dodges, like does a dodge roll to avoid an incoming Pokemon attack. Again, uh, one of the things that we mentioned about uh, this game on Thursday's episode is uh, kind of remains to be seen what it's like, what it means that you, your trainer, can be attacked by enemy Pokemon. It's cool to see that you can dodge. Um, so, like, there's some action game element here. Uh, part of the narration says, collecting materials and crafting will be pivotal to success, uh, which... I'm looking for a job right now, so that sounds like a bullet point in a job description. Oh, totally. Right? That's something where you like see that in a job description, and then you go to your resume, and yeah. you basically just restate that. Yeah. Uh, experience collecting materials and crafting. And, and found success, yes. <laughs> um, but it also, uh, the, under that narration, showed a trainer uh, summoning a Snorlax to like, chop down a tree. Um, so like that's... Pretty cool and not something that I associate with normal Pokemon gameplay is having to uh, gather things and, and craft with them. Um, and uh, yeah, so that that was this uh, short little trailer for a game that I am getting a little bit more interested in. Worked with stakeholders to improve yield in collecting materials and crafting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Coordinated <laughs> with multiple departments too. <laughs> Um, you know, a friend of the show, June, texted me this week saying, is it like, is this game delayed or is Nintendo just kind of sitting on their hands with it? It does feel, I mean, I know we're still, you know, about a, a little more than out, two yeah. weeks out. And so, you know, maybe stuff will begin to ramp up, but it does feel like it's been kind of quiet for a game that when it was announced felt like it was a, you know, major event. Yeah. Well, and especially like with Pokemon games too, right? Like. I feel like by the time a Pokemon game comes out, we have seen like so many videos about, you know, individual little changes and all, all, all kinds of stuff like that. I don't know if that means that there's some element of mystery that they want to keep uh, about this game before it actually um, hits the shelves or if it's just like it's better experienced than explained. Um, but yeah, it, it, it does seem like they've been kind of quiet. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because, you know, I, there's there are a lot of you know, avenues for them talking about the games that I'm not tuned into. Sure. And, um, you know, in, in looking back on it, it's not, but it's not like I was paying a, a special attention to a brilliant diamond and shining pearl, but it just felt like there was more discussion about those games, like more previews yes. and yeah. all that kind of stuff, like leading up to it. But yeah. again, maybe we're just on the cusp of battles beginning to roll out. I mean, yeah, I, I think that's probably it is that we will see more of it in the weeks to come. But, I mean, if the if Nintendo is pushing something, you and I see it, right? right. Like, uh, because we're combing through Nintendo news every week to kind of, like, assemble this show. And just, you know, it's the stuff that we think about and like. Um, so, yeah, it, I, I think there definitely is a, an absence of uh, pu publicity for it so far. And I wonder if some of that is just part of, like, you know, we had the holiday and the, uh, you know, the new year and all of that. Um, so they're really just getting back into the swing of doing right. that now. Yeah. And I mean, they did just have a Pokemon ga game come out. Great like, point. Six weeks ago, eight yeah. weeks ago. So, which is also still wild. Like, why are they releasing these things on top of each other? Yeah, it is really interesting. The ESA, I know this is going to shock everybody, <laughs> announced last week that there will be no in-person E3 event in 2022. And while that's not, like, particularly surprising, it did unfold in a, kind of a weird way. I Like anything the ESA does and anything related to E3, um, we I have questions. Um, and it's just, like, why isn't this normal? <laughs> like, why? Well, why there's no, like, clear messaging or, like, there's no ability to, like, trace it back to, like, something that makes sense. Why isn't this happening? Why isn't this happening the way that uh, we expect it to? Uh, is there going to be a digital event? No one knows at this point. Um, 
It's all it's all very curious. Yeah. Um, so they put out a statement saying the uh, this is from the ESA saying quote. Due to the ongoing health risks surrounding COVID-19 and its potential impact on the safety of exhibitors and attendees, E3 will not be held in person in 2022. We remain incredibly excited about the future of E3 and look forward to announcing more details soon. We remain incredibly excited about the future of E3. It tells us nothing, right? right? Yeah. Like, is the future of E3 what they are going to do this summer, or does that mean... 2023 does that mean what does that mean what is the future of e3 right well and uh ign's rebecca valentine pointed out that there were never any firm dates ever set for e3 2022 and uh, the event never appeared on the la convention center's calendar so it's unclear if they if like the esa even booked you know like right a time for e3 at all Right. Even though, and uh, this is the, the next bullet point, but I'm just going to bring it up, uh, that uh, L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti um, ha- like gave a speech during the digital E3 last year saying that they are welcoming them back to LACC um, in 2022. So, like, seemingly at that point, some the messaging that was given to him was that they, they would be coming back. They had the intention to do it, for sure. Right. And so he probably just reiterate, reiterated that as a certainty. They are coming back. Um, but, you know, both ESA's Twitter and their website don't really, like, they don't have that same messaging on the same timeline. And in years past, like, they've announced e- next year's E3 at the close of the show. Right. Um, so... Were we ever going to have an in-person E3 this year? Yeah. COVID be damned, you know? Yeah, it's it's really, it's hard to tell. When pressed by GamesBeat, uh, the ES- ESA said that they are, quote, excited about the possibilities of an online event. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We have all the points of data. What do we think? I struggle to... Uh, like I struggle to see the benefit for anybody of a digital E3. Last year's did not seem like it was particularly successful. Here's right. the thing. We did get a Nintendo Direct out of it. Yes. I mean, for for selfish reasons, I hope that there is an E3 because yeah. then that will like, you know, kind of <laughs> corner Nintendo, make them have like an E3 Direct. Because, you know, in uh, 2020, when there was no digital E3, there was no Nintendo Direct that year. Yeah. I mean, it's... But all the big announcements, or, like, all the news from E3 came from, like, last year, came from the E3 adjacent stuff, like Microsoft's conference, Nintendo's conference, which technically weren't part of, you know, E3. Right. They were sort of just coordinated to happen at at that same time. It's, It's so... I think we are seeing the pandemic and the restrictions placed on us by the pandemic um sort of taking out our weaker institutions right (laughs) um so like e3 sort of on its last legs already uh it's going down swinging occasionally doing there was no e3 in 2020 they did a a digital thing that was the stuff around it ended up being bigger than it last year um and now this year we don't know what its fate is um you can see the same thing in like the Golden Globes, right? Like, they weren't televised this year. There wasn't even really a ceremony. Well, that's because, I mean... But it's it's a lot of things, though. Like, because just knowing that there are, like, bigger hurdles to putting on events that people didn't want to put on in the first place, they're just like, all right, well, then forget it. We're just not doing it. Um, and, like, you know, I, I think about... Uh, what like you and I experience uh, in LA, like doing comedy and like seeing like UCB has not come back uh, in any way uh, after COVID, even as like other theaters are opening up or like groups are doing shows, they're just not doing them at UCB Um, and all but one of the theaters shut down. And so like, I think anything that was like sort of struggling in like the event space before is going to struggle even more coming back from this. Yeah. You really have to be motivated and have like a purpose and a reason and like a fan base that wants it. Yeah. And I mean, at this point coming back is basically like launching a new product. Yeah. Yeah. But so I think, I know I feel like I've predicted this every year, <laughs> you know, for the past three years. But I really do think this is probably the end of E3. Yeah, that 
that's that's my guess as well. I I always like E3. It's always super fun. I like that it's right here in Los Angeles. Uh, so you and I can go go to it. That's fun. I like going to that thing with you. Um, but if we got to find some other kind of uh, video game conference to go to um, somewhere else, that could be fun too. Yeah, and I I I think e I think something from the ESA will emerge after the pandemic. But I think like E three as we knew it is probably done and buried. Probably done. A game industry biz predictions piece has added fuel to the rumor fire of a new Mario Kart game coming to Switch. Dr. Serkin Toto of Kantan Games makes a couple of 2022 predictions, including, quote, Nintendo announces Mario Kart 9 and a new and new mobile game. So that's it. This whole piece is part of uh, a bunch of other predictions that um, industry insiders and uh that analyst, kind of analyst, yes, um, are are making, um, and the idea of Mario Kart Nine floated in this prediction. Uh, his exact quote on the subject is, "Is quote I am aware Mario Kart Eight Deluxe is still selling very well on the Nintendo Switch, but Mario Kart Nine is in active development and comes with a new twist, and Nintendo could tease it this year." On mobile, Nintendo has been very silent since Mario Kart Tour's launch in 2019, but I think 2022 is when we will see an established IP arriving on smart devices again. Okay, so my first question about the uh, wording of his prediction, which is, again, just to reiterate, I am aware Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is selling very well on Nintendo Switch, but Mario Kart 9 is in active, active development, and it comes with a new twist. Is that like based on information or is that just sort of like the confident language you use when you're making predictions? Who has any idea? No, no way to know. No way to know. I mean, it's a, it's a smart bet that Mario Kart 9 is in development. The fact that he says that it has a new twist, that makes me think that he heard that from somebody. Sure. Right. Sure. Because, um, I mean, I guess you could just be speculating that. I but. mean, new twist is vague enough to mean as to mean almost nothing. Nudity. Right? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, and I mean, maybe, but save that for your prediction for uh, Thursday's episode. That's right. We are going look. We are going to come up with a bunch of different ideas of what this new twist could be, and then I think we're going to narrow it down to what it actually will be. Right. That's right. We're going to figure it out. Um, I do think it like this one quote set off like a thousand internet articles yeah it did i was uh following like one article uh hyperlinking to another to another until i got back to this uh uh prediction thing but this is also is sort of like a case study in how one person pontificating about something they think they kind of know and is really just being more confident because the piece is a prediction piece turns into a bunch of different articles that all feel real. Right. And because you're like hearing it from everywhere. Yes. You're like, well, of course Mario Kart 9 is coming and it's going to have some crazy new twist. Right. So, oh, look, are we going to make an episode about the crazy new twist in Mario Kart 9? Absolutely. Is it real? There's no way to know. On uh, the other part of his uh, prediction is about mobile games, which I think is an interesting point. I My memory is that... Um, in maybe 2019, we heard discussion, probably not from Nintendo themselves, but like whispers that like there was some sort of Zelda yeah. mobile thing in development and nothing has come of that. I mean, he's very right. It has been a long time since we've heard anything about a mobile game from Nintendo. If we're not counting Pikmin. Which I am not. Okay. <laughs> because it's Niantic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, no, no, no. That that's really that's a that's a fair point. But that felt different. Well, I guess all of it. They've had a smattering of right. what things could be. But yeah, it felt like for a while it was like one a quarter. You know, when sure. every few months we were getting some new Nintendo title. Whether it was it like a tie-in with Animal Cross, like Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. Whether it was something entirely new like Dragalia Lost, and then kind of just like crickets yeah well i mean and we also saw like the rise and fall of uh dr mario world right like all of the that game's entire lifespan because remember it is gone now that game doesn't exist anymore um yeah it's just it's just weird to think that like we saw the whole life cycle of one of their mobile games um from birth to death and uh haven't really heard anything new but do you think it is because they've been like cooking up something you know like big and crazy or do you think it's just because they 
it never felt to me like their heart was really in the mobile space. And so when they've had a lot of success in other areas expanding, you know, their IP, like they like to talk about that they just kind of, and they never really found success on mobile and there was no longer the investor pressure that they had during the Wii U era. Right. They were just kind of like, let's just not worry about this that much. Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, it's, it's not as though they're, they continue to have like events and stuff in, um, uh, Mario Kart Tour, and there, there's always new stuff about uh, Fire Emblem, um, not Heroes. Is it Heroes? Fire Emblem Heroes? Yes. We, that's not. That's not the Fire Emblem Warriors. Is the is the Musou game? Fire Emblem Heroes uh, and Dragalia Lost. They're all sort of always having events. Um, so like those three games are still sort of like in and Pocket Camp. Yeah, and, and Pocket Camp and Pikmin Bloom. So, like, I don't know. May, maybe they have a thriving mobile ecosystem and we're just not really tuned into it. Yeah, I I suppose that's fair. Um, so, I have heard online that some people refer to whatever the next Mario Kart game as Mario Kart 10 since Tor What's this is, is what they're counting as 9. Well, then, what are we calling uh, Mario Kart Live uh, Home Circuit? Is that not... up? Uh, the logic goes that Mario Kart Tour was made by like the core mm, Mario mm-hmm. Kart team. I think this is crazy. I think it's crazy too. I think yeah. you're right. I think you're right. Um, but also, let's get away from the numbers. Go right? back to Double Dash. Right? We had a we had a Grand Prix in there. Right? Quadruple Dash. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, like seriously, we we only started numbering them at seven. Right? Seven and eight are the only ones that are numbered. Um, and eight got two separate releases as two separate games. So, like, let's stop it. We've messed it up now. Well, I also feel like, because usually it's the reverse. Usually they yes. uh, franchises start out by numbering them, and then there's, like, so many that they, are, that they, like, hide the number in shame. Like, Call of Duty started doing that, you know? Yeah, well, and, like, it makes sense. Like, Mario Kart 8? Like, what other Nintendo game has a number that high in it? A Mario Party. No. Uh, no, they stopped. Super they stopped. Mario Party. Yep. Mario Party uh, uh, Superstars. Superstars, yeah. Um, and I guess you you are right, though. They got up to 10, right? Did we, did we get up to 10? I Party am pretty 10? sure they got up to 10, yeah. Okay, that's that's too many. In I'm that, so glad there's no Mario Party 11. <laughs> that, that, that would be the, the, the breaking that's point. That's the breaking point. When it's we not run out Final of fingers. Fantasy. Yeah. In uh, that same prediction piece, Piers Harding Rolls from Ampere Analysis speculates that Nintendo's next-gen console will release in 2024. Kind of splitting the difference between what you and I were saying on Thursday. I'm a firm believer in a 2023 release. You feel that uh, 2025 is more Nintendo speed. Uh, Piers coming in with a... hold on. I don't know if it's more Nintendo speed. I think that's the world speed. Mm -hmm. I think Nintendo probably would like to... Nintendo would have liked to have had a, a new Switch out last year, um, and they sort of did in the OLED, but it was not, you know, the the beefed up uh, model. I think Nintendo will run at the world speed because it is forced to, but maybe 2024 is what that'll actually look like. I mean, I think you're both wrong, and I think we're going to see it in 2023, but... I'm sticking to 2025. <laughs> uh, I don't really know Piers Harding Rolls, you know, like track record or anything like that, but just thought it was interesting. Yep. Uh, we're only a couple of weeks away from the release of Windjammers 2 on January 20th. And if you're anything like Patrick. That's right. Uh, you're aware of the original, but don't really understand its impact in the arcade sports gaming community. And uh, really, me either. Well, developer... Uh, Datimu. Datimu has released a 27-minute documentary on their YouTube channel detailing the development of the sequel. And, uh, Patrick, you say it's a good watch and has uh, you excited to check out the new one? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I'm sorry to have written a news item from my <laughs> own perspective and then make you read it, Mark. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, I I know Windjammer sort of by reputation, right? Right, that it is yeah, a, same. Um, uh like a Pong-esque sort of volleyball with Frisbees kind of game um, that like came out on the Neo Geo um, and and in arcades originally uh, and has that very like sort of SNK sort of like hot arcade action vibe to it. Um, But I've never actually played it and I've never even seen a Windjammers machine in real life. Um, But uh, the 
the documentary, which is just on on their uh, YouTube page, is very good um, and goes a long way towards sort of explaining what the uh, appeal of the original game is and the lengths that they go to to uh, recreate that feel in the new game. Um, you know, one of the things that they point out like really early on in the doc is that uh, there's no physics engine in the original game because it's you know a 32-bit Neo Geo game, um, and that's before like physics engines really existed. Um, and so in the new game, it's also not a physics engine. Like all of the um, collision things are all pre-programmed. So like if something's hitting at this angle, it has to bounce off at you know the angle that they prescribe instead of you know whatever the physics of it would dictate. Um, so just little things like that to uh, show you how they are. Uh, preserving the spirit of the original while delivering something new, but the new isn't alienated. Alienating, it's only additive and modernizing. Yeah, that's really interesting. I Windjammers Two has been in development for a while, right? Like, I feel like it's since like twenty seventeen, I yeah. think. Um, yeah, they. I mean, they have uh, footage in this from years and years ago, um, and it's just uh, it, it's great. E- evidently, Windjammers is a very a big game in like the French arcade gaming community, which is why Dotemu, a, a French developer, um, is uh, developing the the sequel. Um, so yeah, it's just it's cool to get like a, a lot of interviews with um, the original Japanese developers of uh, uh, the the Neo Geo game and also um, the. Um, French developers of the sequel um, and just get all those like perspectives together and see this cool new game. That's yeah, that out. does sound cool. Nintendo Switch Online subscribers in Japan currently have access to Golf Story. The free trial become, became available starting on January 7th and remains accessible until the 14th. Now, it is not available in North America, but... That doesn't mean we can't speculate on whether this means anything for the release date of Sports Story. Yeah, this is another thing that we talked about last week. Um, Sports Story is one of the games that we have on our watch list for uh, coming out this year, 2022. Um, and But we haven't really heard anything from them in a while. I mean, do we even know we if, don't know if they're even targeting 2022? We, have we no haven't idea. heard anything, right? I mean, it, it was supposed to come out in 2021, but was delayed out uh, of the year. And like... Uh, kind of early too right it was supposed to be like august maybe um summer probably um and so yeah just uh just like why is nintendo japan like drumming up excitement for golf story like what's happening there right i mean two like two things is one uh i'm blanking on the game but we had maybe it's maybe it was don't starve yeah i think it was don't starve there was a Nintendo Switch online in North America free trial for Don't Starve not that long ago. And then while that was happening in the Indie World Showcase, Oh, Don't Starve Together. Don't Starve Together yeah. was like uh, given a shout out. So that's not nothing. But two, I don't think this is anything. You don't think this is anything? I don't. I think uh, Golf Story, which uh, I played and really loved, is has like such a good reputation that I don't think it's going to be like a stealth release. I think we're going to hear there'll be a little bit of like tease before it comes out. Yeah, but a, a game like that can also be stealth released, right? That like that's true. The internet would blow up. The internet would blow up. People would be excited. Break the internet. I would love it. I'd love mm-hmm. it if Sports Story just like surprise dropped on the 14th or something like that. And finally, we got the announcement of a new Tetris Maximus Cup in Tetris 99. This time, more than a couple of days in advance, and enough time that we can talk about it on this show. Because they keep they keep announcing them on like Tuesday morning, well after we've recorded the show, uh, and so Mark has to text me on like Friday afternoon, being like, "Oh my god, did you see this?" <laughs> and I go, "No, I didn't see it." And then I got a top. Ugh. Yeah, this one's actually really far out. So running Jan, well, we're now the we're gonna have the officer problem. We're gonna have to remind ourselves yeah, yes. that this is happening, but. There's running, no, there's no making us happy. <laughs> running January 21st to January 25th, there will be a Pokemon Legends Arceus themed Tetris Maximus Cup. Uh, as always, if you score 100 points, you get that theme permanently. Love these little things. Always a good reason to go back into Tetris Maximus Cup. Uh, yeah, and I've been uh, slipping back into Tetris 99 uh, sort of consistently since the last um, Maximus Cup. It's just. It's just so fun, and every every time I, I think uh, since I started playing again, I've gotten like three or four um, Tetris Maximuses, and it just feels so good every time I do now, it. Now remind somebody like me who has 
never gotten a Tetris Maximus. Yeah. What it, what that is, I've already forgotten. That's first place. Oh, okay, got that, it. That's when you vanquished 98 other uh, Tetris opponents all at once. They take you on all at once, and you bat them all away. <laughs> um, all right, Mark, let's get out of the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts and uh, give us a rating on Spotify. Uh, if you like the episode, you can share it on Facebook or Twitter. Um, we appreciate it when you do that kind of thing. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening. I'm Brian Husky. I'm bald. And I'm Charlie Sanders, and I'm also bald. And we host Bald Talk on the Campfire Media Network. Bald Talk is the podcast where two bald comedians talk to anyone bald about being bald. But this show isn't just for baldies, Brian. Harrows will love it, too. Bald Talk gets into vulnerability, vanity, insecurity, and self-acceptance, reminding us that we all have our respective bald spots. Not that bald spots are a bad thing. No way. I mean, my entire head is one big bald spot. It is one huge, beautiful bald spot, Charlie. Get Bald Talk on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, I I have like a little bit of hair, but not like you. Like you're really bald. I'm truly bald. Great. I mean, it's I'm great. balder than it. you. You are balder than me. Only on Bald Talk. Campfire. <laughs>